simply a process is just the way that you do things, right? For anybody here that's read Traction, it's just the way that you do something. So if you can document the way that you do something, what does that create? That creates replicatable results and almost, in a sense, um, projected uh, results, right? To where you can start to create standardization. Perfect. Hey everybody, Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. Listen, we have a special guest on the line today. He's been investing in real estate since 2014 and since then he's done about 500 deals. Now, how many people on the line right now would like to do 500 deals? But here's the best part. Joe is an expert when it comes to automating and systemizing your real estate investing business. And he has a three-step process and approach that he takes in order to accomplish this. So I wanted, uh, Joe is actually a good friend of mine. We, we've, uh, we, we met uh, about a year ago and we we're in the same mastermind and I wanted to get him on a call because he's just a, a fantastic guy and I know he's the real deal and you guys know that I love to invite people who are actually uh, doing the real estate business and then the real deal in their markets as well so that you guys can benefit from this information. So uh, I want everybody to welcome my good friend, Joe Dillon to the call. What's up, man? Hey, what's happening, man? I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like I need, you know, I, you sounded like you were, you're were prepping me up, man. I heard like applause in the background, like an audience. You're like, let's go, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you do a good intro, man. You do, you do a great intro. It was, that was great, brother. I appreciate it, man. How you doing? Uh, you, you, you're well deserving of a, of a, of a fantastic intro, brother. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that, man. You accomplished a lot, man. Um, so, so how's things been, bro? Man, things have been, uh, things are, I'll, I'll definitely say things have been interesting, right? You know, <laughs> we've had a crazy 2020. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say business aside, the biggest thing that I've experienced this year has been personal transformation. Uh, which we can talk about and get into, man. That's that's the stuff that that I really love to talk about. Um, but yeah, man, business has, uh, I, you know, ironically, business has still been pretty good for uh, for me, for a lot of my clients because I coach a lot of wholesalers around the nation. Um, you know, things are picking back up, right? And things are are getting back to you know the grounds of where they were pre-COVID. Absolutely. So, um, and some people are having some of their best months ever. Which is, uh, which is amazing. So, Yeah, man. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. and get right into the nitty gritty. Cool, man. Um, so let's see. I started back in 2014. Um, you know, at the time, you know, I joined up with, uh, with a partner. Um, and at the time, we were you know, doing a lot of direct mail at the time. Um, you know, door knocking, a lot of hustling, man, a lot of hustling. Uh, we started out cold calling, man. I remember when we used to cold call from the spreadsheets from our cell phone, like, were, you know, we didn't know about the dialers. This is kind of before, uh, a lot of that came into the, the mainstream as far as the real estate world goes. And I was just talking with my, with my boy, Nick Perry about it. Um, he's actually in our mastermind, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. I remember, I remember those days. We would, I would hand dial from my cell phone 
you know, line by line on yep. this Excel sheet. And uh, I remember, you know, days we, I call them, man. Yeah, brother. <laughs> and we would use the TLO. We would use TLO as well. And, uh, and so it would have like 10 phone numbers per person. And so like I would dial this number and then pick up. No, I went on, I went on to the, to the second line, you know, okay. We're trying to reach this person too. I would have to dial 10 phone numbers single handedly to see if I could reach one person. And of course, <laughs> and of course the majority of the time they didn't, you know, as anybody knows here, that is cold calling the, the majority of the time, you know, people don't pick up. So Anyhow, so you started off cold calling first. That's how you kind of came into it. Uh, it was a combination of that. Of uh, well, we really were initially we were direct mailing. Okay, got it. Um, and you know this was back in DC, so I started up in DC. So that's and where you're originally from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, DC Metro, right? So I'm from Northern Virginia. Um, born and raised. You know, I went to college, actually went to Cornell for a little bit in New York. I live in Seattle and I came back to DC metro area. But, um, but yeah, man, um, to even back up further real quick, before that I was doing, I was flipping cars, right? I had a, I had a job. I was working, um, you know, probably my second year out of college and the job thing was not for me. And so, uh, but I, I worked from home. And so because of that, I started my own car flipping business. And, um, and then from that, I met, you know, uh, I met my previous partner, Raphael, and he was doing, uh, he was, you know, starting this up. And, um, so it intrigued me. And so we started to talk and so you we and, ended up joining forces. You and Raphael Vargas were partners at first. How, how did you like, why real estate? You were flipping cars. I'm sure you were doing well. Why yeah, did yeah. you guys choose real estate? Yeah, man. Uh, the margins, bro. <laughs> Dude, I remember working and I would make $2,000 profit per car. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes even less, right? Sometimes there were more. Sometimes you could get a good hitter with like five grand, but that was it. You know what I'm saying? And then when I was like, oh my God, you can, I can do the same process and make 30, 40 grand, you know what I'm saying? On a, on a house. Now those were obviously really good uh, margins, yeah. but... This was also 2014 when the wholesaling world wasn't as saturated as it is now. Hey, man, I'm still making thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. Had a deal the other day. We just made thirty grand on man. Mm -hmm. You know, so oh, they're absolutely they're, they're always going to be there. But um, yep. But uh, and we can talk about that too, like deeper deals, how to get deeper discounts, how to how to find uh, how to increase your average deal size, which I'm teaching all my clients as well. But um, but yeah, man, it was the margins. And then we, you know, we linked up, uh, we hit it off and then we, uh, we joined up, we joined forces. Awesome, man. So, so you, how did you get started in a real estate business? Like, did you guys just come up with the idea? Like, did you study? How, how did you do it? So, so, uh, yeah. So Raph was actually, um, doing it a little bit before me. Um, but when we joined forces, uh, that's when things really started to come together. Right. And so, you know, when I came in, we were, you know, just doing direct mail. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at the time uh, I wanted to come in from a systematic point of view. We both had two great skill sets that really complemented each other. And I wanted to say, okay, well, how, how many uh, leads is it taking us to get a, a contract? Something that I still do. I still harp on all of my clients. You know, um, and so at the time, I think it was like in the twenties, like I, I would love to go back to those days. Right. But, um, it was in the, uh, in the twenties and 
Yeah, like uh, my story is a little bit different than I would say most people's, but uh, either way, like it started off great because after I think three months, two or three months, you know, closed my first deal and that was like a 40K deal. And um, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then here's the thing though. And then that next month we closed a 30K deal. And by this time I was already counting my money. I was like, oh, this is easy. This is easy. I'm going to be a millionaire by next year. And then I was already counting myself personally to be making, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand. And, um, and then all of a sudden we, we kept doing what we were doing and then no deals. Yep. And then the next month came no deals. And then the next month came, you know, no deals. Right. And we went through four months. I remember, I remember four months of, uh, full time overtime grinding right we would we would uh you know to supplement direct mail we started to to you know to cold call but like i said before we were doing ineffective cold calling we were doing uh single hand dialing cold calling from a spreadsheet and like i said um you know like i was saying before <laughs> it's just inefficient yeah um, why did you say, why did you think that happened though like what what made why were you guys so successful right off the bat and then four months later, you're still searching for your next deal. Why do you think? Yeah, well, because here's the thing, right? And this happens to a lot of wholesalers, even still. Um, people will get a list. They'll start marketing to the list. And then we get what's called diminishing returns, right? So you'll hit a list and you'll hit it again and you'll hit it again and you'll hit it again. And then obviously, or it's seemingly obviously, and I say that for a specific purpose, the return seems to dwindle. And, um, and so I think that's, that's just kind of what happened to us. Um, either way, I knew something had to change, right? And so uh, we ended up with, we were about to go bankrupt already, right? Wow. Like we were about to go zero. Uh, almost when the business account was, was back to hitting zero, um, because we had no idea how to structure a business back then. And so we were just splitting the profits, right? Not really keeping much in the business itself. I mean, we did, we did keep a, a decent amount. And so I knew there had to be a better way. And so what we started to do was we started to get smart. We started to, to read certain business books, right? We started to read traction. We got uh, mentors. Um, you know, we would start to follow a lot of, uh, process building in our organization uh get things more efficient right and um and so you know when we did that we started to to really really see um the fruits of it right that didn't happen until later though in 2015 like in 20 the later the latter portion of 2015 is when we started to systemize we were still running like almost on zero and then out of nowhere this happened three times by the way it seemed like our bank account, you know, no deals, no deals. Our bank account was, was going lower. And out of nowhere, we hit a, uh, you know, we hit a big, we hit a big pop, right? Like from almost going to zero, I got us a deal. I remember that was like 140K profit um, from a wholesale. And it was due to us. One, it was incredible follow-up, even though still our, our follow-up system at that time was trash. <laughs> uh, so follow-up and going where other investors were not going. 
So we were targeting specific zoning codes, right? So that um, we can, so that, you know, we were basically targeting in DC, what, what you could do is there were these row homes, what they call them, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, essentially townhouses, but in DC you call them row homes. Yeah. And you could pop it up. And then you could also in specific uh, areas with specific zoning codes, you can create condos out of them. So from one single family, you can convert it to two, two or uh, sometimes even three condos. Those were huge deals for us. And so that's where we got the $140,000 deal. Um, you know, so, and a lot of these concepts and principles, I still teach my clients to this day, follow-up system, um, you know, going where other investors are not going. And so, uh, and looking at uh, opportunities and creating opportunities and deals, looking at them in specific ways. So um, anyhow, when we got that 140K, I was like, all right, well, we can't continue to do what we were doing. Let's draw this back. Let's take a step back and let's systemize the business. Um, And, you know, when we started to do that, we started to create accountabilities. We started to divide the labor up, right? Because, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people can probably resonate with this, but like we were doing, you know, all of us were doing everything. You know what I mean? Like I was doing acquisitions. He was doing acquisitions. Like I was doing Zispo. He was, you know what I mean? There was just a lot of overlap of, of labor. And so really what we did organization basically. Exactly. Really what we did is systemize and structure. It's crazy how much um, people call organization. I I really like to call it uh, systematic structure Mm -hmm. because when you can, something as simple as structure right? Can literally transform your business. I have a client that just hired me um, out here in Tampa. Um, and, you know, he was a mess. His stuff was everywhere. Simply from coming into the business and teaching him the structure, right? I actually came in, he hired me to do a full day uh, consultation, which I don't do often. I do for very select clients and it's also a pretty penny. Um, Simply from coming in and getting him structured, getting him systemized and organized, he was, he was dry. Like he hadn't done, uh, he had only done two deals in the whole quarter, right? And so, and this is a guy that's been around for two years. Right. And he also has, he also has overhead. He also has a team, right? And so that like when you have a team and you're only doing two deals in the quarter, that's, that's freaking scary. He, I came into the business. We did a full day consultation. I got him organized, systemized, and structured. That next week, he got six contracts. Six contracts. Wow, man. Next week. Wow, bro. And, um, you know, that just goes to show you how much of an impact or, uh, organization, systemization, and automation can have to your business. And so... Um, he was probably my ideal client. He was doing, you know, two, two or three deals a month previously. And he's been in the business for two years. That's like my ideal profile. People that have had success, but they just want the structure. Boom. And then I teach them the structure and then they fly, you know? So So. let me ask you this, man. What do you, what do you feel are some of the biggest misconceptions people have when it comes to systemizing or automating their businesses? Misconceptions. All right. Um, I don't think it's so much 
you know what? Yeah, let me let me let me just directly answer your question. It's simply that, like, they they have a misconception that systematic structure for their business will not produce revenue. Somewhere in their mind, they have that belief, right? And they get so caught up in the sales aspect, right? The operations, which is like the marketing and the sales, that they forget about the glue that holds it all together, which is the systems and processes. So um, that's what I teach. And that's why, you know, my students are freaking crushing it. Some of them have, you know, started at, at one to two deals a month and now they're doing, you know, 10. And uh, like my, my best client, he's doing like 30 deals a month now. And he started with me at two to three deals a month. <laughs> do you, let me ask you this, man. So do you think that it takes some type of mindset shift to, because I, I know for me, when I first started investing, you know, I didn't have the teams. I didn't have all of this stuff in place. I did sure. it all myself. Yeah. I didn't understand the concept of, you know, having uh, a team. It took a mind, it took a mental shift for me to be able to get from where I was to where I am now. So do you think that's true uh, for everyone else as well? Uh, I would say it's almost always a, uh, a, a personal issue, right? Like you, you don't have a business issue. Almost always you have a personal issue. I teach my, my clients. I've been teaching them recently. You know, we harp on a lot of different subjects, but um, I'm just telling them that business is a game. And much of when you went past a certain level, right? I have different, um, I have different things that I coach based upon where you are. There's a lot of coaches that give one size fits all, you know, um, uh, solution. Hey, this is what you got to do. This is what you have to follow. But um, some advice could be terrible for someone that's in a certain position, for someone that has a certain uh, threshold of cash, for someone that's low liquidity. Uh, so some advice could be terrible for someone that has high overhead or low overhead. You know what I mean? Um, and some advice could be terrible if they have a lot of cash reserves or they can invest. And so I, I take a holistic approach. I always ask every single client. We get deep like, and, and vulnerable. I ask them about everything. Anyhow, I don't want to get too off the subject, but yes, uh, I truly and authentically believe like your business is a reflection of you right? And so what I teach my clients is business is just a game. And much of mastering business is knowing where to put your focus. Another word for that is prioritization. So the skill, the masterful skill of prioritization can get you miles ahead, you know, uh, of, uh, of where you could be without proper prioritization. Because there's a lot of things that you can focus on that you shouldn't be focusing on, on at this stage of where you are in your growth as a business. Um, and, you know, I've coached, you know, hundreds, right? Probably over 400 you know, wholesalers at this point. Of, um, I've coached them on uh, where they are in their business and to get to where they want to go, yeah. right? And there's a three-step process that I teach, which, you know, I, we can get into it a little bit later. But, um, but just to kind of finish off my, you know, my, my previous story, yeah, like once we got that 140K pop, we had some time and some breathing room to say, okay, let's take a step back and let's systemize the business, right? So, you know, 
we realized that like doing things in kind of a um, uh, a messy chicken with your you know run like a chicken with your head cut off away is not going to get consistent scalable results and so um you know i knew that the only way we would, get, we would gain a competitive edge is if uh, if we you know if we figured that out and it wasn't until you know i discovered that like consistently flipping houses and really consistently building a, a business is a science right it's yeah. not an art and you just need the right system to give you a huge unfair advantage and rise above so we started to systemize the business properly structure our company and what did that look like we automated the marketing we hired specific people into uh processes so that we delegated ourselves out of the lower level tasks i give all of my clients a delegation roadmap saying hey these are the activities you want to delegate first these are the activities you want to delegate second these are the activities you want to delegate third and i probably go way deeper than anybody else which is why you know my students are freaking destroying it and um you know, so we automated our marketing. We created crystal clear accountabilities, right? With roles and responsibilities. Like I said, we put, um, you know, uh, those accountabilities in place. We put processes in place where uh, simply a process is just the way that you do things, right? For anybody here that's read Traction, it's just the way that you do something. So if you can document the way that you do something, what does that create? That creates replicatable results and almost, in a sense, um, projected uh results right to where you can start to create standardization so when you create standardization now all of a sudden you have a consistent predictable business in addition to all those things right we hired rock stars into those processes which took you know it was a big learning curve right and we eventually had a rock solid hiring process which i also teach my clients um you know because it is true the team with the best players wins you could have decent processes with the best rock stars and you will outperform the competition yeah but if you have the best processes with with weak uh human capital right with weak people then then you're not going to do well even if you have the best processes so you know specific things that i've learned over the years and that uh again i'm, I'm teaching uh, and sharing so, with other people so so what are some other things that are that newbie real estate investors should be mindful of when they're getting started in their businesses all right so this will be a great time to talk about my three-step process okay so Let's, i teach why don't we do that let's talk about your your three what's the three-step process that uh a newbie real estate investor should take in yeah. order to take their business to the next level well the beautiful part is it's a three-step process for anybody no matter where you are but some people might already be at the point where they can just skip to step two and i'll explain right. so um, the reason I brought this up now when you asked about newbie investors is because the first step is all about creating cash. So it's a three-step system to uh, consistent business. I used to say three-step system to seven figures, but not everybody wants to get to seven figures. Some people are happy with 50K a month, you know, regular uh, on autopilot. And if they can have that delegated, then they're freaking happy, which, you know, I, I agree. I, I like that too. So a three-step system to an automated, delegated, profitable, lean business, okay? So the first step is create cash space. So what do I mean by that? All right, so I teach all my clients that there is, uh, you have a, a cash space target, okay? 
So let's say you have 10K in monthly expenses, right? And if you're a newbie beginner um, and you're doing this full time, right? You want to set your monthly expenses probably at about seven to eight K, right? And what I teach is you want to have four to five months of that to get to step two, okay? So let's just say theoretically, if it's 10K, it'll be 40 to 50,000. Why? Because you need to take a step back once you're ready for a step two. Uh, so step two kind of explains step one, which is, which is kind of, uh, it can be confusing, but I'll, I'll explain why. So step two is optimize your operations. And what that means is, all right, now you're going to take a step back and really build processes, really build the systems, really build the automation. That's that stage, right? You don't want to do that when you're a newbie. You don't need to set up all these crazy systems, all the processes. Man, you, I can't tell you how many people avoid taking action because they don't have their systems perfect, right? So step one, I mean, number one, if you're a newbie, like your main thing is really a mindset thing. And it's about taking freaking action, taking massive imperfect action. I actually... I, uh, I actually shoot that as a goal for anybody that's newer is take massive imperfect action. It's never going to be perfect. In fact, the people who wait for it to be perfect in order to act, those are the people that always fall behind. Always, always, always fall behind. So first step is create cash space so that you can get to step two, which is optimize your operations. So that's when you're taking a step back building processes, looking for people to hire, uh, even if it's a virtual assistant, which I recommend hiring first. And, um, you know, that's when you're, you're ironing out your, your processes and, and, uh, and, and building, starting to build those automations. All right. Um, and so step one, though, is creating cash space. So you create that cash space by narrowly targeting, right? You want to, you want to, you want to narrow target. So what I mean, what I mean by that, like, when you're first starting art, it's not the time to go broad. You want to go sniper, you want to go narrow, and you want to do it with as much ROE as possible, return on effort. It's not just about your return on investment. If I can invest in something that's going to be $10,000, but it's going to get me my results tomorrow, and, my, and the results tomorrow is going to be $40,000, I'm going to choose that all day over an investment that's $3,000 that might take me four or five months, right? And so ROE is something that nobody talks about, efficiency. Okay, so how can I be efficient? Okay, that's, that's where I teach them about how to very narrowly target, right? And so, you know, that can come from both uh, targeting specific lists, okay? Um, that can come from stacking as well. And that can also come from, uh, you know, marketing channels, right? Like, for example... You should not be going and, and trying to do three or four different marketing channels when you're first starting out. Focus, narrow in, hone in. Again, sniper. Uh, keep doing that approach and rinse and repeat until you're at your cash space target. Um, that's, you know, create cash space. So that's the first, uh, the first step. Why don't we elaborate on, on those steps a bit? Because some of this stuff is a little deep for even the, the, uh, 
the veteran real estate investor to understand. So, okay. I mean, how much, how, how deep can you go into the information is, is the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could go deep. So again, the first step is identifying the cash based target, which again, I teach four to five months of reserves. Okay. But once you have that target, the reason I set a target is now you have very simple, measurable goal. Once you have that measurable goal, right? And again, if you have no idea what your monthly expenses are or would be, or it's brand new to you, just use 7K or 8K and then multiply that by four to five, which would be, you know, 35, um, you know, 35, 40 grand, somewhere around there. Okay. And um, your second step again is to market as efficiently as human po humanly possible. So what do I mean by that? All right. So when you start to market, okay, there's a lot of a million different ways to market. And if most people here are, are newbies, let me, <laughs> let me restructure the way that I'm speaking so that it makes sense. And so obviously our goal with marketing is to generate leads. That's the entire purpose of the department of marketing. We want to generate as many leads as possible, as many quality leads as possible. So we have a seller, all right, and we're trying to uh, target this seller. Um, oh, I'm sorry, let's call them a homeowner because we don't even know if they're a seller yet. Let's call them a homeowner. Ideally, we have all these different motivations, different brackets of, uh, of, of homeowners, right? And we want to essentially in a nutshell this is really what we're doing to break it down to a very simple to understand level we want to know out of all the homeowners that exist who are the homeowners that are most likely to sell right and so when we look at it from that angle we can start to uh, conjure up strategies such as okay the the stuff that you know almost everybody is doing and that knows okay who's delinquent on their taxes okay who is in pre foreclosure right uh, by the way, pre foreclosures with equity is one of my one of my favorite uh, ones to target. Um, pre foreclosures, right? Who are um, you know my my absentees, right? And you can go niche and you can go broad as well. There's a lot of different ways to target homeowners uh, and a lot of different lists that we can uh, acquire, right? So essentially, what I'm saying is. Let's say an average market has a quarter million people that you can market to, okay? Uh, an average primary market. A secondary market might be like 150, maybe 100. Uh, a tertiary market, right, which is, you know, really it's just gauge on population. Secondary market could be um, like a, um, you know, uh, let's say like a Birmingham, Alabama, right? That, that might even be, you know, closer on and then a tertiary market could be maybe like a like a small market that's population between 200 and 500,000 right so uh when you're looking at it from that angle you know you can kind of see okay i have this x amount of homeowners that i can market to right and out of if you market to all those homeowners guys you're going to be broke right so yeah. it's about narrowly targeting, okay, what segment of this whole quarter million uh, records do I target? And so that's what we teach, right? And but, you know, to kind of go into some of them, right? You can do specific stacks. Like you know, I, just told, I just mentioned one, like a pre-foreclosure with equity um, is a specific stack. You can also do generalized stacks. And essentially what a stack is, is just 
let's say you have somebody that is uh, tax delinquent and their um, and and the property is vacant and they're um, in pre foreclosure, right? That might be a super motivated seller. Okay, and so you know if they have all three of those characteristics, then that, that will be what we call a three stack. Okay, so you can do specific stacks along with, you know, three, four, five stacks. Um, in addition, you know, you can do, uh, you can select the right marketing channel that's going to work for you. And that's going to be uh, a high ROE as well as a high ROI. Right. Okay. And so that would be something like SMS, right? Um, and then, and or, and again, this, I, I tailor everything based on where you are because there's different strategies and different uh, consultation exists for different businesses that are at different stages. So, you know, I have people that are in the create cash space stage, um, but, you know, they have, maybe they've owned a different business and they have 400,000 in reserves and cash reserves. So technically they're, they're starting, but they have a ton of reserves. I'm going to coach that person totally differently than someone who has, you know, 10,000 of reserves and, um, and they're starting their business, right? And so on the contrary, you can have people that have been in business for five years and they have 30,000 to their name, right? <laughs> I've met many of these people. How it is, man. <laughs> and so, and so, um, and not to say that there's anything wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it, it, it totally depends. I tailor my coaching based on where you are, right? But, um, but essentially, yeah, you can do a, a cost-effective high ROI and efficient marketing channel like SMS and or cold calling if you can delegate in person, if you can afford someone, someone to delegate it to. Um, if you're brand new, zero money, like I would just recommend, you know, cold calling, um, because it's, you know, probably one of the cheapest things and it gives you experience on the phones. Yep. So if you're new, just cold call your freaking happy little butt off. Right. Right. And maybe you're not happy, but <laughs> you know, just try to smile through the phone. It always, it always works and helps. Um, but yeah, you just need to be taking massive action. So the first stage, which is create cash space, is all about taking massive, massive imperfect action. Um, and your main goal, obviously, is to generate revenue, right? That is your main goal because until you start to generate some revenue, you have no business really dialing in your processes and systems uh, because that's not making you money at that time. Once you start to make money, then you can refine it and, and then make money on a higher level. But when you're not there yet, you just need to really jump on the phones and, uh, and talk to as many people as possible. So um, what do I, you know, for example, like anybody that comes to me and is either on the newer side and or has done a few deals, um, I give them the simplest structure and systems that I can. That, all, that is all that they need to know at this stage to then go. And all they need to do is market and talk to people. That's it. Market and talk to people, market and talk to people, market and talk to people, and then get, get contracts, right? Um, and then once we do enough of that very specific, uh, repeatable approach, we'll reach their 
their cash based target. You know, and so in addition to marketing, though, right? Um, I also teach that you need a, a simple lead management and follow up system, right? Nothing that is you know crazy has all the bells and whistles. You don't need that when you're first starting either. So I actually have two different CRMs that I give to my clients. One is for newer people, right, and people that are that want to get to uh, consistent one to two deals a month. And uh, and then once they're at one to two two deals a month, they want to go to three to five, and then beyond that, that's when I give them you know the the beast, right. <laughs> And um, so that they don't get overwhelmed or confused. And so, you know, the next step is creating a simple lead management and follow-up system, right? Because the reality is how many leads are actually ready to go, right? So, you, so for all you new people out there, you're marketing to all these homeowners, whether you're sending them a text, whether you're, you know, calling them, cold calling them, um, you know, whether you're, you're dropping them a voicemail or, you know, you're sending them a piece of mail. Uh, how many of those people that call you or that pick up are actually going to be ready to sell right then and there? Not many, not right? Many. Not, not, a, not a big percentage. Right. Um, and so, yes, you will get the low-hanging fruit, you know, and that, that just comes with consistent marketing. When you're consistent marketing with anything, you will get the low-hanging fruit, right? And so, honestly, even doing that base level, you can probably make enough money to pay for your marketing and and break even every month, but obviously you want more than that. And that's where the follow-up comes in. And so you want a simple lead management system, which will allow you to categorize your leads very effectively and create a good follow-up system. Um, and then once you do that, you have the marketing, you have the acquisitions, right? Um, and you know, you get on the phones, you start to get experience, right? We give our, all of our people a script, but uh, you have the marketing, the, the lead management system, the, the a script, right? That's all you freaking need to to go start doing deals, man. Start and, and taking massive, like you guys need to be taking massive amounts of action. There is much more energy required at the beginning to create a business. Um, then there is to sustain it once it's already rolling. 100% fact, man. 100% yeah. true. So just like a rocket ship that's blasting out of the atmosphere, most of the energy is required to get out of the atmosphere, and then it's smooth sailing from there. Right? It's not necessarily smooth sailing with business, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, you'll still have hiccups for sure. But that is um, 100% for sure, you know, something you want to do. So, um Marketing, okay, and I teach narrow, specific, um, specialized um, sniper marketing, um, a simple lead management system, right? So you can track your leads because I guarantee you there's probably a lot of you newbies. Maybe there's people here who haven't done a deal yet yeah. that have been wanting to do a deal and that have been marketing for a while. And you might have had a deal, maybe even a few deals, if you were just had a good lead management system to follow up on your leads. Because there's old leads in your system that are wholesale deals, right? Oh, so let me tell you this, man. So like maybe two weeks ago, I had my guys, um, they were like, we need some new leads. We need some new leads. I said, call back the old leads. So we, they pulled all of the old leads from last year, started banging them out on the phones, and we got four deals in one day. Come Dude, on. the I'm leads telling you. 
same and that's actually one of the strategies that i uh that's um that i taught the the guy in tampa that hired me remember mm-hmm. i told you they got six contracts mm-hmm. so i told him to implement an rvm reblast to a specific uh lead status that was already in his podio and he got a ton of deals yeah. uh, well that's how it works, man. It's not a – You ever saw the movie Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Mm-mm. No, so, so it's a real estate movie. Uh, you guys should check that out. They have it on, on YouTube. But that's where the, the, um, the slogan or the phrase, I should say, always be closing comes from. Oh, oh, that – okay, always okay. Be, yeah, Always yeah, yeah, be yeah, closing. Yeah. It was with uh, – what, what's, what's this guy's name, man? He imitate uh, – Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's an actor. His name is – uh. It's gonna kill me now. Uh, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, the guy. He, yeah, he has like a kind of a funky smile. Yeah, hold on. He he does the uh, the uh, imitation of Trump on Saturday Night Live. What's his name? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I need to find it now. Alec Baldwin. That's his okay. Name. There you go. Alec there Baldwin. Yeah, check that movie out, man. If you haven't had a chance, it's a. It, it reminds me of uh, it's a real estate version of the movie Boiler Room, which was a, a real which was a, a a Wall Street movie, and it, ironically, it came out when I was working on Wall Street, mm. uh, and uh, then I got into in into the real estate business. Then I saw this movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, but always be closing ABC. One of the things he mentioned in there was. It's not the leads, it's you. Right. <laughs> you got to close the leads, basically. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it was hilarious, man. Great, great movie. But um, so we went through the three-step process here. Well, the first step. <laughs> that, was the first, that was the first step. Yeah, yeah, that was the first step. Okay. So, <laughs> but, but the second and the third step are more for seasoned uh, investors or maybe people that already have a good amount of cash. Um, so I can touch on them lightly. I won't, I won't, I won't go deep on them, but I can touch on them uh, lightly. So like if you've been in the business for, you know, a year and a half plus and, or, you know, you have well over your cash space, um, target, then, you know, I start with step two Mm -hmm. and that's the optimize. That's where, um, that's where we really start to, to operate like a business operate like a company and so you know the first step that i teach on the optimized stage right so again there's three major steps which is cash right the second step is optimize uh, your operations the third step is build your team right so that's the three-step process um it sounds like it came from that book uh, uh, traction no 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 this is uh this is straight from from the mind of joe dylan over here (laughs) <laughs> actually if you really want to get technical this came this came as a download through the ethan you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so um so there's sub steps with each major step right and so you know i'll just lightly talk about what we what that step is about but optimized operations is for the people that you know um they maybe they're doing one deal a month two deals a month three deals a month um and they, they lack structure, right? Or maybe they don't have enough time. Maybe they feel like they're doing everything. Maybe they feel like the stuff is all over the place, which if I'm being honest, every person that I've talked to is there in some 
way, shape or fashion. Mm -hmm. I love about business. Like there's always something to improve. It's, you know, it's, it's a never ending, uh, optimization journey, but we get the, the fundamentals in place, right? So we automate your marketing process. We create an automated marketing machine, right? And so the whole purpose of that is so that you can delegate the heavy lifting of marketing and you can produce tons of leads. Once you produce tons of leads, then we have to capitalize on all those leads. I teach, you know, how to become a master closer on the phones. So once leads come in, optimizing every lead and converting as many of those leads as possible. Then uh, I have, I teach them the airtight, you know, and I use that, uh, that adjective, uh, you know, very, very purposefully, an airtight lead management system to where nothing is going to slip through the cracks, right? And you have, you know, a, a very systematic way of handling and managing your leads uh, as, long as, as well as follow-up. And, uh, and then, you know, I have, I, um, I teach them how to develop an outstanding dispositions process. So once you lock the, the deals up, like let's, when you start to automate your marketing machine, you're going to produce tons of leads and then you become a master closer, you're going to convert a ton of leads and, um, you know, when you build an effective and airtight lead management system, you're going to maximize your leads. So all of those to get more contracts. Once you start to get more contracts, then uh, that's when, you know, you're going to need a, a, an outstanding dispositions process, right? To sell your deals to investors for one, as high as possible and two, as fast as possible. And really three, with the most efficiency, mm -hmm. right? So I have a whole dispositions process that I teach as well. And, um, you know, all of these things, by the way, can be delegated. And, um, but by the way, just to touch on the dispo process, all the things that I teach will increase your average deal size by at least 20 to 30%, right? So if your average deal size is 10,000, right? Typically after working with me for a few months, it'll, it'll increase to like 13 or 14 per deal, right? Um, and, you know, you can improve that with negotiations, and closing training, right? Specific closing training for your acquisition people. A great uh, buyer's list, you know, good negotiation and, uh, on, and dispo tactics on the buyer's side. Mm -hmm. There are two different types of negotiation. And also a renegotiation process with the seller. All four of those components will skyrocket your average deal size. Anyhow, so that's step four. I mean, I'm sorry, that's step two, which is optimize your operations, right? Um, and then once you're optimized, once you have a, a business with effective processes, automated, uh, an automated machine, now it's time to fill that machine with rock stars, right? And now this is where, this is my favorite part of the business, right? This is the leadership aspect. And uh, now that you, you have a business that's optimized, it's time to delegate those processes and so we create step-by-step -step processes right documented and then we delegate those processes by hiring rock stars and i you know there is a very strategic way to hire people most people hire out of desperation and also most people are hiring mediocre to decent players simply because they don't have a good hiring process something as simple as a hiring process can double your business, okay? Um, then we optimize the team. So once we hire the rock stars, now we, now we optimize them, optimize our team 
right? With effective training, right? And I give them all my clients a, a whole training regiment of here's what to focus on and, and how to focus on it uh, and, and what to do at what, at what specific time with your new hire. Then there's management, okay? How do you manage them? And then there's leadership and culture. And, um, you know, and, and all of that, again, we, we follow a lot of traction, you know, uh, business models. So accountabilities, KPIs, meetings, right? And then lastly, you're scaling your way to the top. Once you have optimized processes filled with rock stars, then you drive more marketing and then you have a, uh, uh, a highly profitable machine. And so create cash space, optimize your operations, build your team. Three-step process, man. Very, very detailed three-step process. And that's exactly why our listeners need to contact you for more information, man. If they wanted to contact you, uh, where should they go? Yeah, man. Um, uh, so one, I'm on Facebook, uh, Joe Dillon. You could just, um, you know, you could just search for me there. Um, He's not friending anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'm at like my 5,000 limit though. So you got to send me a message. Yeah. Um, you can also always, always follow me on Instagram and shoot me a message there. Pretty active on Instagram too. Uh, and that is Joe Dillon official. J-O-E-D-I-L-L-O-N official, uh, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Um, and then you can also check out our, our, our website. And so... What's the know, website? What's the web address? Yeah, the website is seven, the number seven, mm-hmm. figure, wholesale. I'm actually, let me make sure that I got this right. <laughs> seven figure wholesale.com slash coaching. Sevenfigurewholesale.com. I'll link everything in the description box. Sevenfigurewholesale.com slash coaching. I'll link it all in the description box. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, you have to go to YouTube to get the information. But I got it. Sevenfigurewholesale.com slash coaching. Joe, man, fantastic information. Um, What would be... Let me ask you this before I even ask you that. What are you reading right now? Because I know you're an avid reader. Dude, uh, yeah, man. And that's one of the, um, out of all the business things that we've talked about today, uh, what all of my clients say after working with me is that that's not even their their favorite part. Um, I am a huge advocate for self-discovery and spiritual development. And I say self-discovery versus personal and or self-development mm-hmm. because it's really like a spiritual development is like unfolding and unraveling who you think you are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's a lot of undoing, which is amazing. But anyhow, uh, I'm reading this book called the art of communicating and very simple, easy, easy to read book. Um, and you know, I'm less interested in, in scaling my business um, as I was maybe three or four years ago. I'm more interested, you know, and I thank God that I, that I can say that. I'm, I've delegated my business and I've automated my business to a point where I can say that, right? I would love to get whoever's out there to that point too. You know, I probably spend five to 10 hours a week working. Um, you know, uh, sometimes I'll spend more if I, if I want to, right? 
and I enjoy my work instead. So that's, uh, that's also a plus, but, um, because of that, I've spent a lot of time in personal, uh, you know, growth and, uh, self-discovery and spiritual development. So, um, that book has been amazing in helping me connect with others, but it's not like connecting to them to get something out of it. Right. Like there's a lot of sales books out there. And if you look carefully, you can kind of see behind the scenes, like the motive for anybody. Right. Um, you know, for any uh, book for, you know, for, um, any presentation, right? You can kind of uh, take a look at that. But um, I'm huge, um, again, into that spiritual development side. So I just wanted to understand people on a deeper level so I can connect with them more. Simple as that. And so that I can enrich my life uh, with more meaningful conversations and with more depth of relationships. And, uh, and that's a fantastic book that has shown me to do that. The Art of Communication. The Art of Communicating. Communicating. And by Fitch Nathan. He's a Buddhist, actually. And uh, he teaches, um, essentially, the deepest way to connect with others is to understand their suffering. Mm. <laughs> Something that's not intuitive. Very unintuitive to, the, to, to us as humans. Yeah, and so I've actually, shoot, I've gone through a huge... Uh, self-development journey in the past six months since COVID hit, I actually, you know, I was going through a little bit of anxiety and I never thought that I would be going through that because I've done so much personal work, but it taught me so much. And it also helped me uh, and gave me the ability to understand people on a deeper level because what he teaches in the book is when you can understand your own suffering, then you can understand other people's suffering. Yeah. When you can truly understand your own suffering, most people are too afraid to understand their own suffering. Most people will cover it up with 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 something even like business or material success. You know, yeah. let me add to that, man, because you know, and I'm I'm getting myself my seat ready for this one because, you know, just a handful of years ago, right when you started the business, I was pretty much a very successful investor. And right around that time, we're talking like 2013, 2014, I uh, experienced exactly what you just said, anxiety and um, a little bit of depression. Um, I had, uh, it could have been hormonal. I'm not sure what it was, but in my early 30s, it was, and you're right around 30 right now. But uh, right around that time period, you know, I, I grinded out so many years that, you know, when, when I finally made it, there was a sense of depression that kicked in for me and I needed to, and it wasn't nothing that, um, it, it wasn't like over the top depression where I, I, um, how can I explain it? It wasn't like something that wasn't controllable. It was, I think it was more of a hormonal thing. So I wonder if all entrepreneurs go through that. That's actually an interesting fact that we could actually have a whole nother podcast conversation about <laughs> We could, brother. We could. You know, but what did you learn from, from your experience? That Because uh, I remember when you posted that on Facebook a few months ago. What, what did you learn from that? So, one, I learned that business is not everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, Money is not everything, right? 
Yeah. Money is not business is not everything. In fact, it's a, it's a very small aspect mm-hmm. in the bigger picture, yep. right? And so, you know, what is your soul calling you to do on this earth, right? Is it calling you to make a bunch of money and, you know, and, and do so sometimes by uh, sacrificing potential values that you may have? Is, the, is making money and, and, and surviving and thriving financially, is that the only thing that you're here for? And, um, you know, that's something that I had to, to, to face and come to terms with. Um, and I realized how much of a focus I had on it. And I also realized how much fear was driving my life. Mm. Because all anxiety is, fear and anxiety is the same thing. But fear, you know, uh, uh, fear in an appropriate situation is called fear. Anxiety is imagined threat, an imagined threat, right? So, like, the funny part is, like, I was, I was doing so freaking well financially. And on the surface, honestly, man, look, we're a part of the same mastermind. On the surface, you were happy. Sure. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and the same, I'm telling you, the same thing happened to me. That's when I realized how important my family was. Um, and when my mom passed, I realized that even more, how your life could just be snuffed out from something like cancer. You know what I mean? But that's another story. But uh, I realized how important family is, how uh, spiritual strength is like the, the most important thing. I, have, I live by four pillars, spirit, God first, uh, physical health second, family third, and then I live by financial, uh, fi- I guess financial means is always least important. So the reason why, you know, obviously it's self-explanatory why God is first, right? But the reason why my physical health comes before my family is because if I'm not healthy, then I can't take care of my family, of course. right? Yeah. So then the financial aspect of my life, I don't even think about it. It just comes, it, it, it just happens, you know, with, with very little effort at this point in my, in my business, in my life. But at one point, I put so much effort into that. I burned myself out two times, you know, over the course of, it's been going on 20 years I've been in business. And midway through, right around that, 2013 2014 time frame man i went i i, I had a, a a bout of depression and i didn't know what was going on at first and i realized it was depression after the fact mm. you know but um a lot of that came from just kind of putting my head down and saying i'm gonna grind it out yes we want to we as entrepreneurs and there's a lot of entrepreneurs who face depression successful ones that's why you see a lot of uh, actors out there you know that again that's a whole nother conversation there's a lot of successful business people that actually take their own life because they don't know how to control it right so that's a that's a disease man i think we put too much time into the one thing and we don't experience other aspects of life and what's really important because we see social media uh and the things that people seemingly have on social media that plays a major part in the wants that people want the material things and i think people 
when you start focusing on what others have and not worry about what you really want, that's when you're on the wrong path. You have to figure out what you want out of this business and not what other people have because that's not what you really want. Absolutely. Joe built a seven-figure business. He said it earlier. Maybe you don't want a seven-figure business, right? Maybe you, you're happy making 10 grand a month. You know, maybe you're happy making five grand a month. Maybe you, you just want a little side hustle to make some extra capital to pay for something, right? But know what your personal goal is. Don't uh, base your, your, your life or your business around someone else's uh, structure, their business structure. That was a huge part of my personal life. Did, did you have that same discovery, Joe? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, think, I think one of the biggest things is uh, a lot of times the thoughts that you're thinking aren't even your thoughts. Yep. And so what I mean by that is we have never been exposed to so much as, uh, as a society. Not only do you have your parents' ideologies and opinions and thoughts in you, you have your classmates when, you grow, when you're growing up, you had your friends, and then now we have this thing called social media. There are so many societal conditioning factors that play a part in your subconscious that you're not even aware of. Mm. And so the path of spiritual development is, is unraveling, like I said, who you think you are and getting to the core of who you really are. And um, when you can get to that core, like the soul, like I believe that, you know, we're not this meat suit that's walking around, right? This is flesh. This is dirt. This is earth, right? We're walking around in earth suits. I don't believe that that's who we are. I believe that underneath there's a soul, right? And so the soul is actually never fearful. The soul is never anxious. The soul knows your path. It's the, the conditioned ego that gets in the way. So more that you can disidentify with who you think you are, right? And the conditioning factors that have been laid upon you, the more you can start to operate from a place of wholeness. See, the soul doesn't feel empty. The soul feels totally whole. And when you can feel that wholeness, you can then operate from abundance as opposed to scarcity. So as most people, I would, I would even say probably... 99% of entrepreneurs are operating from fear, mm. right? Whether they know it or not. Most people don't know it, but they're operating from fear. And because of that fear, it drives them to do X, Y, and Z, right? And that's operating out of, a, out of your survival mode, right? I, I, you know, and, and we can get into this on a, on a neurological level, but we, we won't, right? But... Um, <laughs> Uh, but I believe that our brain hasn't caught up to where we are, right? With social media, with, with uh, you know, with, well, actually, let's, let's take that apart. Even the way that we're living right now, we don't have any real threats, really, right? Like in our old days as a human race, there would be uh, the tiger that's like right, you know, right next door, <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, like right by that tree that's about to eat us. And that's a real threat to our life. 
And that's how we're hardwired. But our brain, I believe, hasn't caught up to the way that we're living right now. We don't really have threats, but it still thinks that there's threats, right? And so that activates the fight or flight nervous system. And then that keeps you in a stress survival mentality. When you can take yourself out of a survival scarcity mentality and operate from a whole place of wholeness and abundance, all of a sudden, everything that you create is going to turn to gold. Everything that you, can, that you create now is going to be totally different, especially as a business owner. So um, that's another piece that, I, you know, that I've learned and uh, that I'm still learning myself, but that I, I also teach my clients. So. Yeah, man, we got to get you back on and have a deeper conversation about this stuff, man. Um, that's, another, that's another episode for another day. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Absolutely. But, hey, man, you know, I really appreciate you jumping on. Any last words for our listeners? Um, yeah, I mean, just to kind of further go down that road, just know that um, uh, create a plan for yourself, right? Like understand that, okay, like don't get sucked into the hamster wheel of, of making money. Create a plan and say, hey, okay, look, well, this is, this is my life plan, okay? I want to start this business. And uh, I want to start making X amount of money. I want to delegate it to where I'm making X, Y, Z. And then, you know, I want to focus on other things, right? Or if you're already in the business, right? Create a, you can create a plan, right? And understand that money isn't everything. Um, only other thing that I would say, you know, uh, on a business level, just go back through and just understand the, the, the steps to scaling your business. There's certain steps that you should follow at a specific time. But um, apart from that, um, yeah, creating a life vision is something that can help you drastically. And it should be something that's exciting to you. You can, you have the capacity and the ability to manifest whatever you desire in this life. And uh, the more that you exercise that manifestation muscle, the more that you'll see it come to fruition. And so um, one of the greatest tools is visualization as well as just vision planning. So, you know, that's why I say map out a vision for yourself and visualize it happening on a day-to-day basis. Joe Dillon, folks, listen, Uh check him out. All the details are in the uh, description box. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, and I'll talk to you later. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.